Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter eight, uh, chapter nine, beginning in verse one. Tonight we're we're looking at how death is certain. Uh, that we all will die, both the good and the bad, and also how death is unpredictable. We never know when it's going to come. And then finally, um, what do we do in response? Ecclesiastes here tells us, since it's, we know death is coming, and since death is unpredictable, we don't know when it's going to happen, he says, enjoy your life while you have it. Make the most of it while you're here. So let's read what our text says beginning in verse 1 of chapter 9. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are all in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. There Uh, Both are before Him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the evil, to the clean and to the unclean, to him who sacrifices and to him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so so is the sinner. And he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under, he- under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil. Madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they will have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have all perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Go. Eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved of what you do. Let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking from your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that He has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in all your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you were going. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, But time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken out in an evil net, 
and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Father, we pray that You will help us, uh, Lord, to, to hear what You want to say to us tonight. Lord, we pray that You would help us to live how You tell us to live. And Father, I pray that You would help us uh, not to waste our lives. Not to spend our lives in complaining and being anxious, but to enjoy them with the gifts that You give us and to worship You for the grace that You've bestowed on us. Father, I pray that You'd be with me. Give me grace as I preach. Give me strength. In Jesus' name, amen. We begin, and, and this is another one of those texts that, that's kind of like a sandwich. We saw one before that was like a sandwich. We had one part that was similar to the last part, and then in the middle we had the main point. And here we have, I think, uh, very similar. Uh, we have at the first part, the first six verses, we see that the preacher is saying death is certain. And in the last part, the last two verses, we see death is unpredictable. And in the middle part, verses 7 through 10, he's telling us what we do in response to that. So that's kind of our map of where we're going tonight. Verse 1, Then I laid it all to heart, examining all how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. He begins here, he's reflecting. He's already been thinking about this idea about how both the righteous and the wicked die. And, and he's, he's wrestling with this grievous evil, he calls it, that even the righteous may die young and a wicked person may live to a ripe old age. There's something that's not right about that. But as he's reflecting on this, he, it, 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 he's put it to heart that both the righteous and the wicked die. It says how, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God, whether it is love or hate, man does not know, both are before him. We're in the hand of God. Both the righteous, and I guess here it says the wise. I know we're going to get to the wicked later. Uh, the righteous and the wise. We're in the hand of God. Whether, no, and no matter how righteous we are, none of us are perfectly righteous. We have all sinned. That's another thing that, that, that um, the preacher keeps proclaiming. How we have all fallen short. And none of us... Um, keeps God's law all the time. But even the righteous and, and, both, and the wise who if in all of His wisdom cannot prolong His life. We're in the hand of God. He is in control. 
He is the one who has set the moment of our deaths. We are in His hand. Verse 2, it is the same for all. Since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and to the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice, as to the good one is, so is the sinner. For he who swears, as is he who shuns an oath. We think of all these different categories, both to the righteous and the wicked. Those seem to be the main headings that he's talking about. He he talks about righteous and the wicked a lot here. And then but then he, he breaks that out into different categories. He says to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean. We may think of the foods that they're supposed to eat, right? Uh, the the uh, Leviticus gives laws about what foods the the people of Israel were to eat. And, And you know, the clean animals were those that they were allowed to eat, like calves and lambs and and things like that. The ones that, that chewed a cud and had a split hoof. And then those other animals were unclean. Um, you may know from, from the New Testament, uh, the, the, uh, the Jewish people then kind of carried that over and, and thought of people in these categories of clean and unclean. And, and, and uh, Peter was tempted not to eat with some Gentiles, remember, because he had never made himself unclean by eating with these Gentiles. And yet, Peter is told, go and eat with them. Don't call unclean what I've made clean. Both the righteous and the wicked, the good and the, and the evil, the clean and the unclean. And he says, to the one who sacrifices and the one who, who doesn't sacrifice. Both religious and non-religious. They're going to go here, it says, to the same place. They're all going to go to the grave. They're all going to die. Now, remember, Ecclesiastes, the preacher, was, was speak, sit, standing at a time in history that was before the cross. They didn't know all that was coming. They didn't know of Jesus raising from the dead and, and what was, we were destined for. But as the preacher reads, as the preacher proclaims, he, he observes all of life and what it, he, it looks like from under the sun, from a secular perspective, is they're all going to the same place. As is the good, so is the sinner. As he who swears is one who shuns an oath. And. By swearing, last week we, we talked about vows. Uh, maybe it was the week before. We talked about vows. And, and someone, it, it's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and then not keep it. Here, both categories. Someone who swears. Someone who, who makes a vow to God about something. And someone who shuns an oath. Someone who is like what Jesus said, don't even swear an oath. Instead, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. Both of those categories, he tells us, both of those kinds of people will die. He says, 
The preacher says, this is an evil in all that is done under the sun. But the same event happens to all. He's wrestled with this already. But he's bringing it out again that the same event, we're all destined for the grave. We're all going to die. Um, Then, he turns and says, also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil. And madness is in their hearts while they live. And after they and after that they go to the dead. This is similar to what we also see in the New Testament. Romans tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But it's also similar to what we see in Genesis chapter 6. You remember the story of Noah. And before God told Noah that he was going to destroy the earth with a flood, he, the text tells us that the, the hearts of people were continually set on evil all the time. That every thought of, of man was evil all the time. And here the preacher says something very similar to that. Also, the hearts of the children of men are full of evil. We are all sinners. Just like our first parents, Adam and Eve, who sinned and because of that earned death, we have all sinned. And because of that, we are destined for the grave. We will all die. And you young people, my kids, Addie and Josh, it doesn't feel like one of these days you're going to die whenever you're sitting there as a little kid. But one of these days, and it's going to happen quicker than you think, it's going to happen. It's certain, unless Jesus comes before it happens, you're going to one day die. Verse 4, But he who is joined with the living has hope. He's joined with the living. Those of us who are still alive, while we're still alive, there's hope. We can do something about our lives when we're still alive. He says, For a living dog is better than a dead lion. It's quite a graphic picture, isn't it? If you had a choice between being a lion and a dog, which would you choose, Josh? Lion. A lion! You want to be a lion, right? You don't want to be a dog... You want to be a lion, a ferocious king of the jungle, right? But if you have a choice between a living dog or a dead lion, Josh, which would you pick? The dog, right. It's better to be alive than be a dead king of the jungle. That's the the, uh, point that he's getting across. It's better to be alive. And then he gives us an explanation of why. For the living know that they will die. (laughs) Quite an explanation. Why is it better to be a living dog than a dead lion? Well, because the living one knows that he's going to die. (laughs) Well, 
but the dead know nothing. The living knows we have a judgment we're coming to. The living knows we are going to one day die, but we can enjoy this life now and be prepared for when that time comes. The dead knows nothing. The dead, it's too late. They can't do anything about their predicament. That's what he's getting at. And also, not only do they not know anything, but they have no more reward. Remember, uh, over and over in Ecclesiastes, the preacher has told us that a man's reward in all of life is to enjoy life, to eat and drink and have enjoyment in things, in the gifts that God gives. But the dead no longer have that reward. Of course, we know New Testament perspective of a resurrection that's to come when we will be raised and we will sit at a marriage feast. We will have, we will be able to eat from the tree of life in the New Jerusalem. But from salt, from from the the preacher's perspective here, just looking at life, uh, looking at at the world from a secular perspective, it looks like the dead they have no more reward, and for for the memory of them is forgotten. The living people know them. They have relationships. But for the dead, once they're gone, as time passes by, eventually a generation will rise that never knew them. They'll be forgotten. That's what the preacher is pointing out. Verse 6, Their love and their hate, their envy, have already perished. All of their emotions and all of their desires are gone when they're dead. And forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Seems pretty depressing (laughs) at the moment. Before we go to the very next verses where he, he brings us to the conclusion, we're going to jump down to the end. The other end of the, of the other piece of bread in the sandwich. Verse 11 says, Again I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor the bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all. Now, that kind of goes against our grain a little bit. I mean, we live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We live in the land of opportunity, right? And we want to say, with hard work and determination, we can build ourselves up and make ourselves self-made people, right? But the preacher cautions us against that. The preacher tells us, The race is not to the swift. Just because you're fast doesn't mean you win the race. In this, I read a story about an Olympian who was known as the fastest one, but just before she got to the finish line, she tripped and ended up coming in seventh. The race is not necessarily to the swift. 
And the battle is not to the strong. You can think of the battles in the Old Testament, in Joshua, you know, or, or the story of, of Gideon, right? The story of Gideon. He had the, the people that he was trying to go out and fight against, and that was a massive army, and Gideon brought out thousands, and God told him, well, anybody who's afraid and doesn't want to go out to fight can go home. So they end up with a smaller crowd of soldiers. And then uh, God tells him, it's still too many people. So go and drink, and whoever drinks a certain way, send them home. Gideon ends up with just 300 people against thousands and thousands of soldiers. They follow God's directions and they win the battle. And so we see here, that, that, that shows us how sometimes the, the battle does not go to the strong. God's in charge of who wins the battle. That also could, should humble us. We think, as Americans, we have the strongest military force in all the world. No one could ever beat us. And that's a pretty reasonable deduction. However, we have to remember God is the one who is in control. As Daniel tells us, He lifts up kings and He puts down kings. He brings up empires and puts down empires. And while it is true we do have the, most, the greatest military force the world has ever seen, it is not greater than God's power. The battle doesn't always go to the strong. Nor the bread to the wise. It's possible to be wise and yet poor and not even be able to afford bread. No bread to the wise, no riches to the intelligent. nor favor to those with knowledge. Sometimes, well, not just sometimes, the text here tells us, but time and chance happen to them all. Sometimes it's just at the right moment for something to happen. Bill Gates made his money because he had the right idea at the right time. But if he was born ten years later, then somebody else may have had that chance. Same with Steve Jobs and any other millionaire you can think of. So many times, time and chance contributed to the way they were able to make millions. Now, I don't want to sound like... <laughs> I don't want to sound like uh, someone who wants to blame the rich. <laughs> but the preacher does warn us. The battle doesn't go to the strong. The race doesn't go to the swift. And sometimes, you know, we have a lot to, to give God credit for, for the, way, the place that He's placed us in life. Then, verse 12 
For man does not know his time. We don't know what time, what moment that He's going to require our lives. What time we're going to die. He says, like a fish that's taken in an evil net and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared in an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. You can just picture it. Josh, we've gone fishing before, right? We don't usually use a net, do we? Well, we use fishing rods. And that, that unsuspecting fish is just swimming around under the water. And he sees that worm and it looks like something good and yummy. And he grabs a hold of it. And all of a sudden, he's flopping out on the, on the bank wondering, what happened to me? The preacher tells us that's what our deaths come like. We're just going along thinking everything's okay, everything's peachy. Then all of a sudden, God snatches us. Verse uh, 12 continues, So the children of man are snared in an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. So, that's the bread. Top, bottom. Death comes certainly, and death comes suddenly. So what do we do in response to that? The preacher tells us, go eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved of what you do. I'm going to begin here um, with this. Um, If we contemplate the certainty of death and the unexpectedness of death, our temptation could be anxiety. (laughs) We could worry. We could just try to do everything we can to try to prolong our life on our own and our own strength. And we just worry, 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 worry. The preacher here says, don't worry, don't hide yourself in your house and don't go out. Instead, go, he tells us, get up and enjoy life. Enjoy life. Eat your bread with joy. It's not just... um, God did not provide our food just so that we could have nourishment, but He provided our food. He made all of those good gifts so that we could enjoy them. He gave us taste buds. Just imagine that. He he loved us so much that He made our system of getting nourishment something that we would joy have joy from. And God made us so that we could enjoy a nice, juicy peach or apple pie or bacon. <laughs> he, he says, get up and enjoy your bread. He made it for us to enjoy. And then... He says, and drink your wine with a merry heart. Now, I'm a teetotaler. (laughs) Never had any alcohol. I don't plan to. 
I don't believe that's a requirement on everybody. I do it for my own choice. I do it for my witness. But at the same time, uh, God has told us the things that He's made are for us to enjoy. Uh, As long as we don't... um, Abuse those things. Drink in excess. He, he does command us not to be drunk. And as long as we do so within the parameters He's given us, He's given us those things to enjoy. To enjoy. He says, Drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. What is this getting at? Well, Let's think it back again to the garden. He made us and designed us and placed us in a garden for paradise. And he told Adam and Eve, you can eat any tree from the fruit a tree from the garden except that one tree. And even after no after the flood, God told Noah that he could eat meat. He could Kill animals and eat of clean animals. God has approved those things. We're not sinning when we eat and drink and have enjoyment in those things. So in light of a certain death, in light of an uncertainty of when it will happen, the preacher here tells us, enjoy the things that God has given you, the gifts that He gives us, and let those things cause us to be thankful to Him. We, we, just, we don't just enjoy those things for ourselves, but if we remember who those things came from, they ought to cause us to give thanks, and they ought to cause us to worship Him for how He has given us those good gifts. Then he says, let your garments always be white and not, not oil, let not oil be lacking from your head. In the ancient world, if you were mourning, you might dress in all black. We'd still do that at funerals. Dress in all black. Um, and here he says, let your garments always be white. For us today, maybe it would be dress in yellow or dress in purple (laughs) with a red hat. (laughs) Dress, uh, let your garments be joyful garments, he tells us. And whenever he says um, that there will always be oil upon our heads, what did Jesus tell his disciples about fasting, right? He, he said, when you fast, put oil on your head so that people don't know you're fasting, right? I, I think when, when, you, when you're fasting, um, someone might not do those kinds of things. The, the um, uh, putting oil was, was supposed to be a sign of health uh, and, and goodness and refreshment. So by saying, let your garments be always white and, and there will be oil upon your head. He's again telling us to enjoy the good gifts that He's given us. Then verse 9, enjoy life with the wife 
who you love all the days of your vain life that He has given you under the sun. Enjoy those family relationships. He's given family and relationships as a good gift. And we should enjoy those things. And you know what? I, 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 I see my daughter just shaking her head. Yes. And I'm under conviction just hearing that, seeing that. Right here. We're commanded to enjoy our family life and our relationships. And so many times we can get focused in on work. And we can get focused in on, on all these other distractions. And a, a temptation for many men today is to just go home and disengage and not spend time with the family. And I, you know, I, I might, I might spend time thinking about what am I going to preach. I might spend time talking with somebody on Facebook about, you know, what's going on in the world and things like that, and and maybe not engage with my family like I ought to. But the preacher here says, enjoy the wife whom you love, and I think that we can extend that out to your family relationships. Enjoy those things. We don't know when we're going to die. It's certainly going to come. So, while you've still got time, enjoy those relationships. Don't spend all your time looking at some kind of electronic entertainment. Enjoy your life with your family. I think that's epidemic today. So many of us go walking around looking down at a phone and we never look up at another person. I'm guilty. <laughs> but here the preacher tells us life is short. You don't know when you're going to die. Enjoy those relationships while you still have a chance. Because this is your portion in life and your toil which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Work hard. Do it with all your might. Don't do anything halfway. Do it with all your might. For there is no work or no thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to where you're going. We're not going to be able to do those things anymore when we go to the grave. It's where He ends here. However, we know there's more. We only have so many days here on this earth. We only have so many minutes and hours and seconds that God has given us. And we need to take advantage of every one of them. We need to enjoy the gifts that He's given us. We need to worship Him and give thanks to Him because of those gifts. We need to enjoy the family relationships that He gives us. But at the same time, we know that there is something coming. It is appointed to a man once to die and then face the judgment. And there are people all over this world and here in Panama, are they ready for that certain death that will come at an unexpected time? Our mission is to get the Word to them to get the Word out. 
that Jesus came and died for our sins, died in our place, that we could have life forever. Not just this limited, unexpected, uncertain life which will end in a grave, but we will have life when we raise with Him and we live forever and we will be able to enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb with Him and we will be able to live in, in a new created world where everything is restored to what it should have been like before the fall. That is good news of what Jesus has done. And there is a death coming to each one of us, both here in this room and outside of these walls. And it is our job, it is our mission to let them know death is coming. Enjoy life. Worshiping the One who came to die for you, who loves you, who forgives you, who has brought you into His family. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.